Are you ready? Jamie Markley, David Van Camp, and Scott Robbins. We just become best friends. Yep. Making sense of it all. Now I get it. And having some fun. Lighten up, Francis. This is the Markley, Van Camp, and Robbins Show. The Markley, Van Camp, and Robbins Show. Thank you so much for being here, as always. I'm Jamie Markley. That's David Van Camp. There's Scott Robbins. I know there's a lot to get to today, a lot of news happening, and all of a sudden, Van Camp drops this on us. Where is Joe Biden actually saying people just don't know how great a job we've done? Yeah, yeah. we, we got a brutal jobs report today, by the way, and that's the one shining spot that the Biden administration has been leaning on as the economy has been falling all around them. They've said, well, the labor market's good. Now, that's been very disingenuous because a lot of, in, in most cases, it's people going back to jobs that they had before the pandemic or they're switching jobs, and there's a lot of part-time work involved in this as well. And it's not just splitting hairs. I mean, if you just look at the top line number, you're getting a, a bad sense of where things stand in the labor market. Uh, but now we get this jobs report out today that says, oh, yeah, by the way, manufacturing down 100,000, other uh, services down uh, significantly. The one bright spot was basically fast food workers. And most of that, again, part time. Right. Um, but he gave a speech in Michigan yesterday and claimed, you know what? Americans just don't understand how much great work his administration has done. Okay. We passed the American Rescue Plan. Now, oh, everybody knows it, but we did so much, no one knows the effects of it yet. Huh. We're just, just, they're just coming into play. No, the no. problem is we do know hey, the effects. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. It, it, it's called record inflation. Y- yeah, and I would say that if you pass an economic stimulus bill and more than a year and a half later people still don't know how great it was, then it sucked. Even if it, even if we didn't have a situation where we knew that we had historic, you know, four-decade high inflation going on, even if we didn't know that we are already in a recession by many accounts, but anyway, I know the data geeks will say, well, not technically, we're not really in a recession, it's coming up in By the way, it's always been measured in the past. Right, right, yeah. But anyway, at any rate, we are heading into a recession if we're not in one already. And a lot of that did have to do with a bunch of, with printing $2 trillion and sending it out. So, I mean, Joe Biden's saying, what, we just haven't felt the effects of it? No, we damn well have felt the effects of that. He goes on. What that little plan did with the billions of dollars we spent is it kept tens of thousands of cops, firefighters, teachers, first responders on the job in 50 states because they lost income because of the significant reduction in employment in those states. They provided them the money to be able to keep everyone employed. So, Unless, of course, they didn't get a COVID shot. Now, 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 the interesting thing is he just admitted that Democrats defunded the police and that led yeah. to a staffing yes. shortage. Uh, across many states, but also that's not accurate. For law enforcement first responder stuff, most of that money that has been spent has been allocated towards things like the suicide prevention hotline, uh, social services, uh, not cops and firefighters directly. And in a lot of cases, I mean, California is a shining example of this. Illinois is too. Uh, States used the windfall from the American Rescue Plan uh, as a way to claim they had generated a budget surplus. Right. That's, they yeah. did. That's what it was they unreal did. They to watch it happen. They pocketed the cash. Mm-hmm. <sighs> Boy, that's hard to take. 
And you know, one of the frustrating things is, I know I say it often, legacy media will take that and back him on it instead of pushing back, yeah. telling the truth. That's, that's just what they do. My gosh. No okay. one, not done not, the history books will know. <laughs> yeah, of course. Mm-hmm. Who gets to write the history, Joe? Meanwhile, are you telling me that John Kirby actually said that China and Russia had to marvel at how well we left Afghanistan? Yeah, so... The Depar- no way he didn't say that. Yeah, he did. The Department of Defense has a new report out where they say that this disastrous Afghanistan withdrawal last year was a propaganda gift to China and Russia, which we all knew at the time, because China and Russia can go and tell some of their vassal states or would-be vassal states, hey, America's not going to have your back. They're, they're going to abandon you. Absolutely. And, and that's so you better ally with us. Uh, White House spokesman John Kirby, though, was on Fox and Friends this morning, and he said, well, I disagree with this assessment. OK. Do you agree with that? No, I do not. Uh, and I don't know that uh, that's the Pentagon's assessment that it was a propaganda gift uh, to, to China. If anything, uh, nations like China and Russia took a look at what we did in Afghanistan. And we've talked about this many, many times over the last year uh, and, and had to marvel uh, at the speed, the efficiency and the effectiveness uh, that oh, a very please. small number. Of- OK, thank you. Kill me. Yeah, Brian, Brian, kill me. Just going. Are you kidding me? We're back to the greatest airlift in history. Really? Honestly. If that's the assessment at the Pentagon, everyone there needs to be fired today. If you really think it it was great and people had to marvel how well we left Afghanistan. If you believe that, seriously, you shouldn't have a job. Well, we did leave them with millions of military equipment. That's true, yeah. The most well-armed Taliban in the history of the Taliban. History of the world, yes. 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 (laughs) And you know what that equipment is doing right now? You know what it's doing? Well, I'm assuming it's in use, yes. It's fighting against us right. in Ukraine. Right. Because it ended up in Russia, part of that equipment. Mm-hmm. Oh, my goodness. A very small number of troops, Brian, you listen to me now, hear me out. A small number of troops were able to move that many Afghans safely out of that country. Uh, no other nation in the world can do that. Afghans, the people there that worked with us. On intelligence for years and years and years. You left them high and dry. A lot of those people are dead now. You lying sack of absolute garbage. Mm -hmm. Man, how many many of us are tired of people like John Kirby? Just slimy. I mean, allergic to masculinity. Not taking responsibility. Always lying. Well, in his defense, what other story are you going to concoct? You know you're not going to get a lot of pushback on this. Don't talk about it at all. You're, you're not going to get any pushback at all from Fox. That's listen, about it. Listen, man. You can say whatever you want to say. If I you're going to sling that crap, just don't go on Fox. I would agree with you there, yes. I mean, I'd have more respect for you. Yeah. Just don't talk about it. Then just go out and lie like that and ask if you want some undercoating with that deal. <laughs> Slime ball. Well, I've never seen him do this before. <laughs> Jeez, let me go talk to the manager. Let's <laughs> see, sure. we could maybe get you a deal like you've never seen before. Yeah. Unreal. Now, David, you made a point yesterday about Ron DeSantis, governor of Florida, mm-hmm. talking about Apple. Not only, well, I'll, I'll just play the clip of Ron DeSantis. What he did yesterday, um, because you didn't have a whole lot of people in politics talking about what Apple's been doing recently. And no. so instead of rehashing it, he kind of lays it all out as he was speaking yesterday. 
to the CCP. And so you see that report, and that's very concerning. And then when you also hear reports that Apple is threatening to remove Twitter from the App Store because Elon Musk is actually opening it up, for free speech and is restoring a lot of accounts that were uh, unfairly and illegitimately suspended for putting out accurate information about COVID. That's like one of the main things that's being reinstated. So many things these experts were wrong at and you had people on Twitter that were calling that out and Twitter, the old regime in Twitter, their response was to try to just suffocate the dissent. Yes, and he was also talking about how Apple has helped out the Chinese Communist Party mm -hmm. by taking away the airdrop feature, which is how people in China were communicating with one another about the dissent with the lockdowns that mm -hmm. have been going on there. And then he goes on. And, and, and Elon Musk knows that's not a winning formula, and so he's uh, providing free speech. And so if Apple responds to that, uh, by nuking them from from the App Store, you know, I think that that would be a huge, huge mistake, and it would be a really raw exercise of monopolistic power that I think would merit a response uh, from from the United States Congress. Sounds like somebody's running for president to yeah. me. Oh yeah, but uh, he's uh, also releasing a book. Got news of that this morning in 2023 about a roadmap to victory for conservatives. Ooh. Yeah, well, I hadn't heard that yet. Wow. So it's on mm -hmm. yeah. with he and Trump. And I know, man, I mean, we hear stuff from people all the time about uh, either we're Trump apologists all the time or how dare you ever criticize Trump. Yeah, it's it's either one or the other. Yeah. The good news is that's been going on for more than seven years. Right. Mm -hmm. <laughs> <laughs> because like most people. There are times Trump does something and you scratch your head and say, what are you doing? Yeah. Mm -hmm. It's another unforced error. I love it when you do A, B, and C, but when you go knucklehead, I'm not, I'm not going to apologize for that. Be better than that. Mm -hmm. Okay. So with everything going on now with Trump, and I don't know if you happen to see the Today Show on NBC, but they're making a big deal about the dinner he had with the insane anti-Semitic white nationalist along with... Yay, West, and how it's splitting the Republican Party. And why do they talk about those things on NBC? Because they're addicted to Trump. Yeah. Because, you know, people that watch the Today Show hate Trump so much, that is like catnip for them. Oh, yes, Trump is still causing trouble. Oh, this is great. I need to know more about it. And again, so you have all of that going on. And what was it? Was Trump yesterday talking about how he was host in the last election? Yeah, I, I, I think it was um, there were there were some interesting side by sides with Governor DeSantis talking about China, talking about Apple, talking about Twitter, talking mm -hmm. about free speech, all of these issues which are current. And and granted, before I go on, I'll, I'll say it's very low risk for Ron DeSantis to say anything about China because he's not a federal official. Correct. You know, he's not in the House of Representatives. He's certainly not president right now. And so it's easier to to go after China than if you're in an actual diplomatic position. Mm -hmm. That being said, he's doing that. And Donald Trump was on Truth Social ranting about stolen elections. And the side by side there is pretty jarring to me. I'm pretty open minded heading into any primary. But man, that that just pushes me further away from Trump. It's like, dude, you're focused on 2020 still seriously. We gotta move ahead, man.
And I understand. You want to talk about Arizona, what just happened a few weeks ago? That's fine. Everything else, you got to move on. It's like the rest of us have our lives to live, and we got to live with this mess of losing in 2020. You got to make it better. That's where you want to see, you know, the focus. David. Oh, I, I well, think that's a. I think that's I, a valid point. I think the thing to me is, if you're going to keep talking about the 2020 election, offer solutions. What What are you going to? What do you want to see changed moving forward? Quit bitching and moaning about something that you can't change. Yeah, I agree. David, I'm oh, sorry. You don't want to get in the crosshairs, do you, today, Scott? The truth hurts sometimes. Scott has said before well, no, I, that Scott's all for DeSantis. You I am. said it. I'm yeah. in, I, I, Scott! No, that's very true. <laughs> Everything has a shelf life, man. Everything. Yeah, I mean, it goes back to if Trump got the nomination. Well, yeah, of course you'd vote for him. Yeah. But right now, there's options out there. Mm-hmm. DeSantis looks like a decent one. Okay. Nothing to preview on China, says Karine Jean-Pierre. What? Nothing to talk about with China? That and much more coming up right here. The Markley Van Camp and Robbins Show. Jamie Markley, David Van Camp, Scott Robbins. All right, so you have a tasty morsel from Corrine Jean-Pierre. Yes. Corrine Jean-Pierre Van Damme Mellencamp, right? Uh, So the White House is still refusing to openly support the millions of people in China protesting the Communist Party. And boy, (laughs) have you seen some of the stormtroopers they're throwing out there? Yes. crazy, mm-hmm. man. Yeah. I mean, you got these cops that are in white hazmat suits, and they've got these, like, plexiglass boxes over their heads. Yeah. And they're walking around, like, telling people to move along. They're checking people's papers. They're, I mean, it's just, it is wild what's happening there. By the way, I don't know, and I forget, I would give them credit. It was somebody on Twitter that talked about how Canada has denounced what... China is doing to its citizens, and it had a video. Mm-hmm. And it says, oops, that was actually the Canadian police against the truckers last winter. Right, exactly. Yeah, I was <laughs> going to say. Yeah, hilarious. little Castro is not going to do that. <laughs> oh, heck no, he's not. Uh, so White House Press Secretary Karine Jean-Pierre was asked whether or not the U.S. would help make sure protesters and journalists had a way of connecting to the Internet and getting the story out, or at the very least, call on China to not crack down on these protesters. Yeah. Uh, I don't have any calls to preview to you for you at this time. Well, we've been very clear uh, that people have a right to peacefully protest without fear. Um, and uh, and we don't think that the, that right should be hindered or interfered with. Uh, well, no- it is. Yeah. Unless you have no fear of taking a beating. Right. And then coming back the next day and saying, well, it probably won't happen again. What are you talking about? Uh, nothing has changed about the president's firm belief in the u- universal universality of human rights and power of democracy. <laughs> and we're watching this closely as you... Oh, as stop. You ex- Go ahead. Universality. Yeah, <laughs> that's a fun word. <laughs> <laughs> the new album from Demi Lovato. Universality. <laughs> anyway, go ahead, Green. As you, as you ex- might expect, that we would, uh, and we believe that uh, you know, uh, you know, uh, that uh, people should have the right again to peacefully protest. 
You know, right? You know, right? You know, uh, you know, uh, you know uh, that uh, people should. You know, she makes me nervous every time she speaks, man. Uh-huh. I get, I get anxiety. Actually, I'm like, come on, just, just find the off ramp. You can do it. I think that is the natural default. I think the way we have to program ourselves is to act like it's a win when she's in that paper bag and trying to. <laughs> fight her way out of it and punch her way out of that paper bag and she can't do it is to somehow take enjoyment of that because it happens every time mm-hmm. the normal default is to get nervous you know uh, you know uh, you know uh, punch 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 <laughs> golly it really is it's like watching a toddler try to dribble a full-size basketball <laughs> <laughs> yeah well yeah it is, man. It's going over here. It's going there. It's bouncing too high. It's over oh, their head. Oh, just hit him in the face. Okay. Yeah. Okay. I love made up words, though. They're the best. Universality. I think <laughs> that was an early Pearl Jam record. Hmm. Maybe. From the album. <laughs> yeah. yeah, that was right before 10, I think. <laughs> okay. Oh, what was the other thing that I wanted to bring up? Oh, this is wild to me, man, because I'd never heard this before, but apparently you guys had. It's just an interesting story in that they used to leave cooking recipes on gravestones. I thought you said it was carved into the gravestone. It was just there. The the left on meaning, yes, it is. It's carved in. Oh, my gosh. You ever heard that? No, I've never seen one either. I'm kind of an aficionado. Okay. Well, the whole story on this is that there is this lady in New York. Or is it somewhere on the East Coast? Maybe D.C.? But she goes around, and then she cooks the actual recipes. And, then, the and, and sometimes gets a hold of the family. Oh, wow. That's and then cool. meets these people. Yeah, it's sort of weird, but it's kind of cool. Um, and I heard a little interview of her talking about it. I flew to Brooklyn a week ago. I cooked with the family of Naomi Miller-Dawson's whole family, who they now live in Pennsylvania. But they like came up to Brooklyn, and we like went to the house that she spent time in. Through this whole process, I am literally learning how to cook from the dead. That's cool. Only Colonel Sanders would have done that. <laughs> and if someone could make my grandma Midras fried chicken, <laughs> I would really be indebted. That would be incredible. Wow. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, we're phasing out oil, says the White House. That and much more coming up. Markley Van Camp and Robin Show. Jamie Markley, I'm the Gen Xer. The Millennial is David Van Camp and the Sexy Boomer in the hoodie. That's Scott Robbins. David, we're phasing out oil. We're just yeah. coming to terms with this, right? Well, the, the White House keeps denying yeah. that it's doing anything to prevent oil production in the United States, but they're lying, and we pointed this out I don't know how many times now. Uh, they have literally said they wanted to end the industry. Joe Biden said it a week and a half ago. No more drilling. Uh, so energy advisor Amos Hochstein was on CNBC this morning, and he was asked about that. Okay. What, what does he mean, we're going to end drilling? When? 
Well, eventually we are we're going to be phasing out uh, the use what of oil. Eventually? That's just, so What's eventually? Because you're not going to want to invest any money in in doing this if it's two or three years from now, or even five years almost. So I don't think we're talking about two, three years. We're talking about longer than that. And as you know well, the production in the United States, onshore production in the United States is short cycle, relatively short cycle production. There can be investments. So so we're going to be uh, phasing out your industry. We won't really say how long, although, I mean, again, the Biden administration has talked about 2035 as a target. And And so he's thinking that what? If you're onshore drilling, you're going to be able to turn that around in two years and make a profit on it. Well, no, you're not. That's that's totally naive. That is ignorant. Or he's just lying. Mm-hmm. And it's also very much like what Robbins would call McGurkin. Yes. It's just words that you put together, especially from a politician, that really mean nothing. Yeah. It's nothing solid. It sounds important, though. Yes. It, it sounds that way sonically to the ears. And in, in processing it, you, you don't think to yourself, I'm probably just not smart enough to figure this out. Right. And you sort of give up on it, right? A lot of times you do. When, in fact, you are smart enough because it doesn't mean anything. No. Because it is freaking McGurkin. Yes. And again, man, if you're talking about Venezuela and then the lies that you get from the left in the yeah. White House about what we're actually saying. Well, yeah, we, they, we're going to let them drill over there. That's fine. But again, man, you come back to the facts of, well, when anyone drills, who does it the cleanest? It's the United States. I'm no expert. You just look at what the facts are. You think that we're going to do completely away with fossil fuels in the next five to ten years? It's not going to happen. There's not the infrastructure for anything else. Mm -hmm. Not to mention, in the end, it doesn't basically, what, what would you say? Um, end up with the goal of being green? No. Because to go green is going to be dirtier than just doing what we're doing right now. Yeah. Gosh, dang, man. That is frustrating. Mm -hmm. All right. You know what? Done this the last couple of days. Um, Feedback has been very good. I do enjoy this. Um, We're just going to call this What's Your Story? And it's based on we're all looking at stories every day, but there are certain ones that trip each one of us, really. That you say, man, this is pretty interesting to me. And we always start with David. Are we going with this new theme, too? Do you? Is that what you're I guess we're going to go with it if it causes Robin to put his hands above his head and then do this like slimy sort of dance. <laughs> I like, like that song. Liam Gallagher. I'm a fan. Yeah, that's a good song. What is your story today, David? Uh, Today, my story is that uh, Democrats have made a new pick when it comes to who's going to be their leader in the House of Representatives, and it's Representative Hakeem Jeffries. And i got to tell you guys, I'm literally shaking because this this is a threat to democracy. Yes, it is. Because he's an election denier. Oh. He has said repeatedly and tweeted repeatedly that Donald Trump was installed by the Russian government. 
as president of the United States in 2016. I mean, listen, don't just take my word for it. Here's Hakeem Jeffries talking about it in 2019. Interfered with our election, attacked our democracy for the sole purpose of artificially placing someone at 1600 Pennsylvania Avenue. They were successful. Uh The Russians were able to do that. My. By the way, where's Kinzinger at on this one? I know. With that theory, how did Russia install Trump? How? Well, uh, Facebook and convince people to vote for Trump. That's that's how they did it. Uh, that's what they say, at least. Oh, okay. Yeah. All right. Well, yeah. I, I don't know. They've also, he's gone down the road of they actually switched votes before. That's what I thought. And, and that, I mean, that is a literal assault on our democracy. And I demand Absolutely. Joe Biden give a primetime address right now saying that his party, because again, this is country over party, right? Yes. This is about American democracy, not Republicans or Democrats. It is about the foundation of this nation. Mm-hmm. I demand that Joe Biden go out on, do, and do a primetime address denouncing the selection of Hakeem Jeffries uh, as the leader of the Democratic Party, because this is... I don't know how I'm going to explain this to my daughter tonight. I just don't. I don't. I know. I we have an election know. denier as the House Democratic leader. <laughs> I don't know. I, I'm so scared right now. <laughs> Boy, those damn Russians. I, I got an Xbox from them. <laughs> <That's>, <laughs> that was really nice. I hear this and I get so afraid that I'm inspired by Adam Kinzinger and I'm going to start peeing sitting down now from now on. Just, right. That's, that's the sad. thing you do. You only got an Xbox? Do a deal with China, you get the PS5. <laughs> okay, what's your story, Robbins? Well, it's a bad day over at CNN today uh, of what will probably be many bad days in a row. Uh, Chris Licht, who is the CNN boss now, informed employees in an all-staff note the layoffs are currently underway. He says those being notified today are largely paid contributors, and then tomorrow CNN will notify impacted employees. So sending love to some of the smartest people I know over at CNN who are now uh, going to have to learn how to code or put in solar panels. Wow. So it's happening. There's going to be more heads rolling. You enjoy that stuff. You know what? I don't (laughs) normally do that except with these people. These people, fine. Okay. I don't want to push back because the what's your story thing, this is your story. Right. I've known you for 30 years now. Yes. You take joy out of certain people losing their jobs. Yes, I you do. pretend like you don't, but you always have. Well, it'll be my turn eventually. I rarely do this, you say. Well, but the, okay, are you going to argue that these guys should keep their jobs? Is that what you're telling me? Did I say that? No, but you're alluding to that. I am not. I okay. am pushing back on you you're being saying you full take... of crap, saying I usually don't take joy in other people Great losing joy their in... jobs when I hear it all the time. Brian Stelter updating his resume. <laughs> Yes, of course. We it's a great day. Yes. Worth celebrating. Yes, yes, should have been gone. Bye. Lemon should have been gone. Yes. You, now, I've told you that before, and you say there's no way Don Lemon's going anywhere. He's protected. You have told me that time and time again. Yes, we can bet on it if you Don want. Don Lemon can do whatever Don Lemon wants to do. They'll just keep moving him around like the kid they moved from first base to right field, and that's where he's at now. But I would say this, that if he does get fired, yeah. you know what's going to happen? Uh-uh. You're going to tell everybody. I usually don't like it when people get fired. Oh, no. <laughs> but in anyway. the case of Don Lemon, yes. Uh, 
for my story today, and I don't know, of course, when information like this comes out, it, <laughs> you've got to find it at certain places, and usually those are conservative outlets because legacy media is not going to run these stories more times than not. And it was the conclusion of a peer-reviewed study, and this has to do with myocarditis and pericarditis. Uh-oh. If you've been vaccinated or not, and then you get COVID. This was in the Journal of Clinical Medicine. Um, it was the incidence of myocarditis and pericarditis in post-COVID-19 unvaccinated patients, a large population-based study. And you look at just getting to the conclusion, because you can get through all these different data points, which is honestly over my head. But the conclusion, I'll just read from it. Our data suggests that there is no increase in the incidence of myocarditis and pericarditis in COVID-19 recovered patients compared to uninfected match controls. See? Hmm. Yeah. Further long-term studies will be needed to estimate the incidence of pericarditis and myocarditis in patients diagnosed with COVID-19. What were we told forever when it was brought up, hey, listen, especially with younger males with a vaccine, there is a risk of myocarditis. Oh, it's more of a risk if you get COVID right. than from the vaccine. And I remember Joe Rogan talking about this. And he had a guest on that, you know, all the liberal outlets were saying Joe Rogan got fact-checked in real time. And it was great. Maybe he'll start believing the science. For young boys in particular, there's an adverse risk associated with the vaccine. It's like yes. a two- to four-fold increase in the instances of myocarditis Yes, but you know what hospitalization. The, you know that there's COVID. an increased risk of myocarditis in, among that age cohort from getting COVID as well, which exceeds the risk of myocarditis from the vaccine. I don't think that's true. I don't think it it's is. true. I don't, no, no, no. I don't think it's true that there's an increased risk of myocarditis from people catching COVID that are young versus increased risk of myocarditis from the vaccine. No, okay, that's what he was saying. Yeah. All right. There's both. Well, let's look that up because I don't think that's true. <laughs> There's myocarditis more common after COVID nineteen infection than vaccination. But is this with children? Okay, so they're going through this basic study, which it turns out was funded by the pharmaceutical companies. Right. <laughs> yeah, funny how that works. And it comes out now, but you don't hear about it anywhere. You know what I'm saying? That that's so frustrating. Yeah, so you're about eight times likelier to get myocarditis from getting COVID than from getting the vaccine. That's not true. So are you going to take that guy down for disinformation now? They probably won't. But, you know, as an example, you know, I had this liberal goof hosting the show, like dunking on Rogan about this months ago. In real time, you will see really disappointing goalpost moving and techniques from Joe Rogan that are really typical, sadly, of the people that email me and are clearly set in their ways and don't want to have their minds changed. <laughs> I wonder if that joker is going to talk about the information that's out now. Probably not. But this has been frustrating. And you know, for so many people, you've had these conversations among family, friends, you know, especially getting kids vaccinated. And I think on this show, it's always been, hey, if you want to get your kid vaccinated, absolutely. But don't try to guilt other people into it. That is their choice. It should be their choice. And then when you bring up whether it's, 
Denmark or another country, or now even in Florida, saying, yeah, you know, what was it, 18 to 40? We cannot recommend getting the vaccine because of the myocarditis risk. That tells you something. Well, But you've had these ongoing issues within right. family and friends, but then you never get the real information. And that's frustrating. So that's and my just story. Just for the record, I mean, I think we've always taken the approach of if you want to be vaccinated, go ahead. But if you don't, you should have that right. And on this show, it's certainly not an anti-vax show. We all got the vaccine. That's what I mean. <laughs> but I get this stuff I'm not going to get time. any more. I'm done. No, I'm done, too. But, you know. Been done for a year. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And no, we don't have to put our personal information out there. Some people choose not to do it. No, you, but I'm people doing can it. do it. However, yeah. we're just trying to be authentic. Yeah. Of saying we were all trying to figure out our way through this That's and right. made decisions at the time based on yeah. what we knew. Yeah. And we all are in different circumstances. That's right. And are around different people at yep. you know, different levels of risk. Yep. This is crazy, man. Uh David wanted to ask you about something real quick, non related to any of this. But being a Texans fan, Deshaun Watson, you were ready to see him go. It looks like he's going to play for the Browns this weekend. Some of his accusers are going to be there. Did the NFL make a mistake letting him back? I mean, if he's settled lawsuits, hasn't he? I haven't followed it all that closely, but I think so. If he's if he's settled that, if the accusers or many of them at least have said, "Okay, I'll take your money and go away." then why does the NFL need to punish him more than the people who are making the accusations? Yeah. One other question. This is this has come up a few times. Because we stand so much on human rights, why didn't the U.S. soccer team boycott the World Cup in Qatar? Well, because there's a lot of money to be made. Yeah. Right. I mean, really, that's it. Isn't that interesting? Because anytime there's Olympics somewhere... Like when it was in China, people were talking about, maybe we should boycott this, whatever. Not a whole lot of talk about boycotting the World Cup. Mm-hmm. Certainly now that we beat Iran. Right. By the way, did you see that press conference with the American player mm-hmm. and the journalist from Iran? Yeah. yeah. T- giving him a lecture on how to pronounce it? Oh, man, that burns me. Mm-hmm. We'll have to get to that. And a news update straight ahead. Jamie Martin, David Van Camp, Scott Robbins. I don't think I'm alone when I say this just burned me. It's so irritating. So the American soccer team wins yesterday, beats Iran. Mm-hmm. They'll be playing Saturday. And this was before the game. We had mentioned it yesterday. This is the actual audio of the reporter, Moran, Iran, asking um, the captain of the United States team, Tyler Adams, who happens to be black, a question, but before he gets to the question, he offers this. Tyler, this question is for you. My name is Mila Javamadi from Press TV. First of all, you say you support the Iranian people, but you're pronouncing our country's name wrong. Our country is named Iran, not Iran. Please, once and for all, let's get this clear. Okay, Second that, of all, it's over. Press conference is over. <laughs> I'm out. See you later. Go pound sand. Bye. I'll tell you what, man. 
Tyler Adams handled it a lot better than I think any of us yep, would I'm have. Done. I'm done. Yeah. Yeah. Second of all, um, are you okay to be representing a country that has so much discrimination against black people in its <sighs> oh own borders? And uh, we saw the Black Lives Matter movement uh, over the past few years. Are you okay to be representing the U.S.? Meanwhile, there's so much discrimination happening against black people in America. <laughs> My apologies on uh, the mispronunciation of your country. Um, yeah, that being said, you know, there's discrimination uh, everywhere you go. Um, you know, one thing that I've learned, especially from living abroad in the past years and uh, having to fit in in different cultures and, and kind of assimilate into different cultures, um, is that in the U.S. we're, we're continuing to make progress uh, every single day. That's just part of what he said. He yeah. handled it so well, man. Yeah, that, that dude's country executes people, particularly women, because they don't wear a piece of cloth over their head. Correct. His name translates to Brian Stelter, by the way. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that guy, you got to be kidding me. This is the Markley Van Camp and Robin Show. Are you ready? Jamie Markley, David Van Camp, and Scott Robbins. We just become best friends. Yep. Making sense of it all. Now I get it. And having some fun. Lighten up, Francis. This is the Markley, Van Camp, and Robbins Show. The Markley, Van Camp, and Robbins Show. Jamie Markley, David Van Camp, Scott Robbins. Okay, a couple of clips from the president. Um, there's one about his wife, Jill, that's very curious. Before we get there, <laughs> the economy's going great. Yeah. Well, no, it's not, actually. The uh, oh. new, new jobs report out today is not great. We've lost 100,000 manufacturing jobs, and basically the only gains we saw were in leisure and hospitality, mostly fast food workers. So, I mean, again, the indicators of a, a pretty bad recession uh, on the horizon are there. They're lining up more and more and more. And we're hearing about layoffs from big tech. We're hearing about layoffs all over the place. Wait a second. I remember Biden talking a lot about good paying jobs, union jobs. Yeah, well, the, those, are, those are not materializing the way that they thought. I mean, when you have FedEx doing layoffs heading into Christmas, well, that's a problem. Whew. Uh, again, I, I remember hearing this a few months ago. Talk to the truckers about what's happening, and you'll get a better sense of the economy than if you watch CNN, MSNBC, or certainly listen to the White House. That's so true, man. Uh, and, yeah, and, I mean, again, here's this little montage of how the Biden administration isn't talking about how great things are. Oh, yeah. Uh, the Biden plan is working. We're getting results. We have created nearly 10,000 million jobs. End of quote. Repeat the line. Life-changing economic... 10,000 million. It's hard for me to get. 10,000 10, million is a lot. Wow, that's, yeah, that's a lot. That is an impressive number. Economics gains. We created all these jobs, and, and prices have, have gone up, but they've come down for energy. The economy what? is in a better place than it has been historically. Incredible progress on, the, uh, progress on the economy. So let's come together and focus on what's matter, on what matters. <laughs> they can't even get the words out. Okay. <laughs> I do like that, though, because every time I hear Karine Jean-Pierre or anybody from the, from the Biden administration say the economy's in a better place, it just remembers, it just reminds me of what you hear at funerals all the time. I was just going to say that. Well, they're in a better place. I agree with you. Yeah. <laughs> 
Well, at least they're not suffering anymore. Right. We've killed them. <laughs> well, I think there's a difference between they're not suffering anymore and they're in the better place. Because you're not so certain about that at times, if we're to be honest. <laughs> well, but everybody says that. Yes, well, of yeah. course, because it's supposed to be comforting. <laughs> yes, right. Yes. yes. Sorry, sorry, but Aunt Jeannie is probably burning in hell right now. <laughs> but the thing is, you really don't know. None of us really know. You can have faith, but you don't know. Right. But when you hear... Incredible progress on the, uh, progress on the economy. <laughs> so let's come together. You know that that's a load of crap. Yes. No, you haven't. I don't know. Maybe we you have, have made. not. Focus on what's matter. On what matters. But right. Maybe we have made impeccable Congress. On, <laughs> I don't know what impeccable Congress is, but maybe we have done it. Goodness gracious. Yeah, when you really can't define it, maybe you have stumbled upon it and you really don't know. See, that's the great thing about making up words. That's true. <laughs> it's your definition. This is true. Yeah. Yes. Now, what is this piece about Biden talking about Jill Biden? Yeah, so today he was talking to uh, Native American tribal leaders and uh, did some good old-fashioned pandering. And do you know that Jill Biden has spent a ton of time on reservations? Okay. This is pandering to a new level. Okay. Brace yourselves. I can't wait to hear this. By the way, she spent a lot of time on other reservations, other uh, nations as well. I'm worried she's not going to come home one of these days when she goes. You think I'm joking. I'm telling you. If I hear more about the Navajos than I hear about me, um, you all think I'm kidding. <laughs> well, yeah, I mean, probably. I mean, Joe Biden, she's such an old racist. Remember, I mean, she said that, you know, Latinos were as diverse as breakfast tacos. Yes. She probably says, you know, Navajos, they're just as diverse as fry bread. <laughs> what they were going with. Okay. Robbins, I just want I, you to lean into what you're thinking. Just say it. You're not going to get in trouble. You're in a safe spot. I can tell the wheels are turning and you want to say it, but you're overthinking it. Just say it. The guy just <laughs> makes up these stories. He's like Walter Mitty. He's done it all. He, he's, a, he's blocks for his college football team. He took on corn pop. <laughs> He rode on trains before they were built. He's this guy has done it. I mean, now his wife was with the Navajos. Yeah. When did that so, happen? So I, I looked this up actually because I'm like, does she actually have a history of I don't know, like teaching? Uh, yeah. At like a Navajo school or something like yes. that. No, when she was first or when she was second lady, uh, she did a couple of events at at at, at some like tribal uh, tribal confabs basically. Like in yeah. 2013. <laughs> how how many nights did she sleep there on the on the reservation, where Joe didn't think she was coming home? None. None. No, I'm serious. I'm afraid. Not a joke. Not a joke. <laughs> I mean, his story is like he's looking it's, out at Native right. Americans, being like, "I'm afraid that you're going to steal my wife." <laughs> right. And he's and he thinks that's a compliment. Right. And he's not joking. <laughs> Which means he is joking. Oh, are you kidding me? Going to that reservation, that's like going backstage to an Aerosmith concert in 1978. You might lose your lady. <laughs> and there's Arrow in the name of the band. How about that? Yeah. Unbelievable. Okay. Thank you for that. This yeah. guy. It's always trying to make sense of what Joe's trying to say. Golly. Yeah, that's something. Holy smokes. Um, I don't know if you saw this or not. 
But, of course, crime has been a big story in major cities across the United States, and San Francisco is one of those. Did you see the AP story with the headline, San Francisco will allow police to deploy robots oh, that boy. kill? Yeah. <laughs> okay. Then after I have this story, I send it to David. David says, oh, have you seen the update? Yeah. And uh, what is the update? The update is that initially it was they will be able to shoot people. Yeah. So they're killer robots with guns. Uh, but uh, now it is, no, 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 no. They don't have guns. They have explosives. <laughs> <laughs> so <laughs> how does that work? They can roll a hand grenade underneath the table then. I, I just think how, how did how did San Francisco go from we need to defund the police and send yeah. in Doctor Phil to handle mm-hmm. criminal behavior to we're unleashing killer robots on the street? I don't know. All I could think was initially, okay, the psychologist thing that's not going to work out. You're not going to talk these criminals out of committing crimes. Uh, but boy, you know what? At least no one can say, hey, the robot was racist. Until I thought about that for about four seconds. They do say that, though. They do. Yeah. <laughs> and I'm like, no, that's not right. No, re- remember. The uh, robots Rashida, are racist. They will be, yes. No, they are. everything is. They already claim that, that AI technology and any sort of surveillance activity or uh, technology, I should say, that police may use is racist. Because it, because, and. There, as usual, there's an element of truth in that is because the robots or AI technology has trouble distinguishing uh, facial features, especially among black people because of a, a color contrast issue that they have. And so remember, though, uh, Rashida Tlaib years ago uh, did a tour at the Detroit Police Department and the, and the chief of police, who was a black guy, mm-hmm. was explaining how they use certain tools, certain surveillance tools in order to try to find suspects. Oh, that's right. And, I remember this. And part of it was using facial recognition technology. Right. And Rashida Tlaib kept interrupting him and saying, well, well how, how do you know that that's not racist? How do you know? And he goes, well, because there's always a person, you know, looking at this video, it may flag uh, the, the police department, hey, we think we may have found the guy you're looking for, but there always has to be a person to verify that. We don't just, oh, the, right. the computer told us that that's the guy, and we go and get him. And she just couldn't process that. Right. And, and was just constantly saying, well, I'm, I just know you're going to go and use this to kill black people. It's unreal, man. Oh, dude. Since we're on this topic, might as well play this now. Saw this on Libs of TikTok yesterday. Oh, gosh. Okay. I saw this. Yep. Um, now, this advice isn't for you, Scott. No. Or you, David, or me. Because we're white. This advice is for people of color. And it comes from an Asian American woman. Yeah. And the advice is basically if you're going to be hanging out with people of color and you're going to bring a white person with you, you need permission from everyone else before you bring Whitey along to the party. Okay? That's right. Okay. Um, and I think that she will explain it. Controversial opinion, but if you have a token white and you're hanging out, with your friend group of color, you need to ask permission from everybody in the group to bring your white friend. Like, don't just bring them. Ask for explicit permission from everyone. Because just because you're comfortable with them doesn't mean that everybody's comfortable with them. I might not be... You got that so far? Yeah, I got it. 
Absolutely. I mean, people have said before, Scott makes me uncomfortable when he's around, but I don't think it was because you were a white, but maybe it was. I don't know. No, it might have been. This is wild, man. Could have been my tail and third eye, but no. <laughs> <laughs> well, uh, sometimes you do play this game. Just insert any other race in this conversation other than white. It's really something. But it goes on. Oh, there's more. Have you ever been accused of shenanigans, Scott? Shenanigans? I'll just play the audio. Okay. I might not be in the mood to deal with white shenanigans that day. That's that's all I'm saying. And another thing, it feeds into their ego. Like don't don't let them think they're a good white person. Don't don't give them that card to use against other people. Please don't do that. Okay, got it. Oh my God. <laughs> you and your shenanigans. You and your ilk, <laughs> Robbins. My shenanigans. Yes, the white shenanigans. I would Some like people more are not in the mood what, for what white the, shenanigans. What does white shenanigans mean? David, I'm sorry. You're the millennial. You're the closest. Well, you to... know, you know, white shenanigans. You show up and you 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 want to take selfies and sprinkle everybody with pumpkin spice. Maybe put on some Journey. You know, those are white mm. shenanigans. Okay. Yeah, but that's that's like for people over forty. I think that's not white shenanigans for people in Gen Z or millennials. I don't think. No. Have you ever heard what gets played at closing time at a college bar? Well, no. But to be fair, you haven't either for about thirteen years. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> maybe maybe instead of Journey, it's Taylor Swift. <laughs> those white shenanigans. I yeah. That you okay. Just said. <laughs> okay. Well, and then I suppose if you play any sort of hip-hop music that has bad words, you're okay to listen, but don't sing along, because you can't do that either. All right, got it. All right, um, much more to get to. What are the cars with the greatest potential lifespan? This is really interesting. That and a news update coming up. Markley Van Camp and Robbins Show. Jamie Markley, David Van Camp, Scott Robbins. Okay. Draining the strategic <laughs> I knew it. Hello. Petroleum Reserve. Was it a good thing or a bad thing now? Well, uh, the Biden administration is taking credit now for lower gas prices, which I've, they've been saying that the president doesn't control that at all. So interesting. Uh, now, they started to come down because of lowering demand and constant lockdowns in China. No doubt, you know, prices were lowered a little bit by releasing from the uh, Strategic Petroleum Reserve. But we're at a 40-year low in that reserve, and that's probably not worth the 10 cents or so that consumers have saved per gallon. Um, but anyway... That's what people were saying at the time. Yeah, White House advisor Amos Hochstein tells CNBC, though, that any criticism of draining those reserves is, well, just plain wrong. What? Uh, I think it's very hard to argue against the, uh, I know you said some people criticize. It's very difficult for me to understand criticism of 180 million barrels uh, of the release. Uh, can you just imagine the last few months with if we had reduced a consistent million barrels a day? I mean, it's just impossible to imagine that the prices today would be as uh, lower than they were uh, and as low as they are now. Uh, and by the way, they're up today. They've been up the last few days. So we're, we like the trajectory of prices going okay. down. 
uh, president wanted to see more production and most importantly wanted to see more going okay. into inventory and we started seeing yeah. uh, some of that of companies putting a little bit more into inventory and when trump wanted to buy it when it was cheap you were railing on him yeah called okay. it a big oil bailout he was yeah. going to buy it for 25 dollars a barrel <laughs> that's incredible I mean, it was incredible covering it at the time that Democrats were playing stompy foot over it. Yeah. But now, in hindsight, when Joe Biden's talking about buying it, wanting to buy it uh, for, what was the discounted price, $75 a barrel? Yeah. Uh, that's, it, it's, it's remarkable. Well, I don't care. Not their money. Trump had that big oil super saver card. <laughs> Got a deal. Oh, right. Well, he was <laughs> yeah. a rewards member. Right. Exactly. Wasn't Biden talking something yesterday? The price of was it few law wheels was <laughs> yeah. going up. What is few law wheels? I yeah. don't know. Well, I well, just like, read it. So new, it, new, something new from Chrysler. F e w l a w h e e l s. What is it? Full law wheels. Well, we'll we'll go through this together. Yesterday, he was trying to talk about how inflation is getting under control, even though it's really not. Uh, but blamed most of the inflation on outdated data on the price of cars. Hmm, all right. In fact, one-third of the core inflation last year is because of the price of automobiles. They couldn't get the computer chips, so they couldn't make the automobiles, so the price of the fuel automobiles that are being made went way up. There it is. Fuel all wheels. Oh, I've got the Josetta. All wheels, yes. My Josetta Stone actually came out pretty quickly with the translation, the few automobiles. Hmm. The few automobiles that are being made went way up. I don't know. That other script seems to be closer with just few law wheels. <laughs> few law wheels. Yeah. I... The few automobiles that are being made went way up. Yeah, there's a little silent T the, in there, maybe. The few automobiles okay. that were being made. Thank you. I appreciate like, that. I prefer few all wheels. <laughs> By the way, if you want to keep your car for a long time, what do you buy? Did you see the cars that last the longest? That that whole piece that was done. Can almost guess on these, can't you? Well, it's it's interesting because a lot of times it's trucks and SUVs that last the longest. Mm-hmm. Because I don't know why I would think. Well, you know, some sort of sedan. You know, maybe it's not as hard. You're not as hard on that as you would be. You know, one of the other vehicles. Um, but no, it was a lot of SUVs and it's a lot of Toyotas. Yeah. Are you surprised? Nope. No, not really. Yeah. Gosh dang, man. Where is that that whole list? I have the whole freaking list. Toyota's, I'm have to get Nissan's. To the rest of list. Nissan, there was only one Nissan. Was there? Yes. Yeah, it's mostly Honda, Honda and Toyota. But there was also a GMC SUV. And there was, I want to say, a Chevy SUV, too, that was in the top 10, going up to like 250,000 miles. Hmm. I was thinking to myself, Three of our cars have over 200,000 miles. <laughs> My goodness. Yeah. This is the Markley Van Camp and Robin Show. Okay, David, biggest story today is what? Uh, I think probably in the newsiest sense, uh, you'd say the jobs report that came out that showed that we lost 100,000 manufacturing jobs. Um, I mean, the recession, I, I believe it's here. I think under most definitions, it, or at least in the past, what has mostly been used, we we knew that a few months ago. But uh, the recession is 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 coming. It's going to be bad, uh, and it's starting now. Uh, under what the Biden administration itself has even set up as the new benchmarks. 
uh, and even Janet Yellen now is admitting, yeah, yeah, but the slowdown is happening in a big way. Yeah. Boy, another interesting story out there. Employers are rethinking the need for college degrees. Yeah, that's interesting. Next. Van Camp and Robin Show. Jamie Markley, David Van Camp, Scott Robbins, Gen Xer, a millennial, and of course the sexy boomer. This is really something, man. This is this is a piece of audio that it's hard not to get angry just <laughs> listening to it. Yeah. yeah. It really is. I don't know what else to say about it. Well, the uh, Department of Defense has a new report out. It's their annual report, and they say that the disastrous Afghanistan withdrawal was a propaganda gift to Russia and China because Russia and China were able to go out to other countries and say, see, if you ally with and partner with the United States, they're going to leave you high and dry. Of course. Uh, Now, White House spokesman John Kirby, he was on Fox and Friends this morning, and he said, well, I disagree with that assessment. Oh, Okay. Do you agree with that? No, I do not. Uh, and I don't know that uh, that's the Pentagon's assessment that it was a propaganda gift uh, to, to China. If anything, uh, nations like China and Russia took a look at what we did in Afghanistan. And we've talked about this many, many times over the last year uh, and, I, and had to marvel uh, at the speed, the efficiency and effectiveness uh, that oh, a very please. small number, a very small number of troops. Brian, you listen to me now. Hear me <laughs> out. A small number of troops were able to move that many Afghans safely out of that country. Uh, no other nation in the world can do that. Oh, please. It just so happened over the Thanksgiving break, somebody in my family was looking for different movies and found Zero Dark Thirty. They had never seen it. Oh. And come to find out, there were like two other people that hadn't seen it. They really want to watch it. I said, well, it's a great movie. I mean, it's two and a half hours. It's heavy. Well, let's watch it. So you watch it. It's wild to watch it now knowing what happened in Afghanistan a year and a half ago. Yeah. You, you see it in a completely different way, and it's sad. And for that guy to get out there and try to say, well, I, I don't agree with that assessment. It, we did a great job. Greatest airlift in history. Secretary of Defense Lloyd Austin talking about it was a great job. Yeah. Millie, unbelievable. No one got fired. No. What a debacle. Man, oh, man. Uh, I don't know what else to say to that, dude. There should be hearings about that, too, when you have Republicans talking about the Hunter Biden laptop. I don't know if you saw the Rasmussen uh, survey. Most voting Americans want to see an investigation on that. It's not just Republicans. Oh, it's coming. I mean, it's coming. Once you seat the new Congress, that's going to be an order of business. But there should also be answers about Afghanistan and how that went down. Well, and that's not to say because with you. anytime you bring this up, someone will say, well, we're going to stay there forever. No, we're talking about how it went down. Should have answers on that. It's terrible. Switching gears. Um, I wonder if Charlemagne the God, remember him? Sure. He's very big yeah. in the black community. Yes. Well, that, 
if you're running for office, you have to pass the Charlemagne test. Yeah, I, I, that that was something that was new to me in 2016. That 20 like he became the guy that you have to go through if you want to be a Democrat right. with influence in politics. Which is weird. I, I don't actually think that that's true. I don't think that Charlemagne the God is the official spokesperson of black people, but apparently Democrats do think that. Yes. Isn't he the one where Hillary brought the hot sauce? Yes. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Hill. Okay. So, so if you remember this, they're having this roundtable conversation with Hillary Clinton. And, yes. and Scott, you were in the hospital I with the heart this. attack. No. I know. Oh, yeah. dude, it was incredible. It, it was, you know, Charlemagne and, and the rest of the crew on that show, and they're talking, and they're asking, like, oh, yeah, what do you have in your purse or something like that, or do you like hot sauce? And she says, oh, yes, I always have hot sauce in my purse. <laughs> and they're like, no, you don't really have hot sauce in your purse. Here it is. And she picks up a purse that no one's ever seen her carry in public before, by the way. Just yes. happens to be there next to her at this, and it's this like unopened bottle of hot sauce. <laughs> oh my gosh, the pandering! I know you people like putting hot sauce on stuff, right? That was Hillary Clinton's message to Black Americans. Yes, it, like gives her energy. It keeps her from being tired. I don't feel no ways tired. <laughs> of course. Anyway, the reason I bring up Charlemagne, thought God, is because he. Did an interview with Fox saying he rejects activists using the transphobic label with this debate over medical care for trans kids. He's speaking out against that, saying things like, this bothers me. It's There's a legitimate debate to be had, okay? And just because you want to have that conversation doesn't mean you're transphobic. He said we should have the conversation like you're just putting these labels on people. Like I'm transphobic because I feel like I'm, you know, just using a little common sense here. Right. That's his quote. That's not allowed in that world, though. Said there's certain things minors cannot do because they're minors. That's right. So you don't think something as big as changing your gender? Shouldn't you wait until you're at least 18? The fact that people can't even have a conversation about that without labeling somebody transphobic is very, 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 very strange to me. Because it's not like these people are saying... No, we don't want anybody transitioning, you know? And then the part where it seems like he waffles just a little. Or being trans is wrong. They're simply saying, hey, let these minors wait until they're a certain age. That's very worthy of a conversation. Like, that's just common sense to me. But, you know, who am I to judge? We have an opinion. Yeah. Not judging whether somebody's going to hell or not. You're just saying, hey, this is worthy of a conversation. There's a lot of things that a 15-year-old kid can't do. Why in the world would you let them lop off their breasts? Mm -hmm. Yes, that's a sane conversation. So, yeah, I mean, Charlemagne may be in trouble with that because they have that massive audience. If you're coming from the liberal side, the left side, that's part of it, isn't it? Yeah. you got to do that dance very delicately, or you end up like J.K. Rowling. Yeah, but I wonder what his audience thinks about that, what he said. Well, well I, I think they agree. Yeah, I think if, if it, I think if the majority of his audience is black, which I don't have any reason to think that that's not the case. I think it's probably true, um, even if he's not the official spokesperson for all black people. But right. the one uncomfortable conversation Democrats really don't want to have is generally speaking based on polling 
the African-American community's view on transitioning in general, not just talking about kids. Oh, yeah. That not whole down at all. That T part of the LGBTQ, LMNOP plus whatever. Mm-hmm. Oh, that T part, that, that, that's a little controversial. You don't really hear people talking about that at the Souls to the Poles events. No. You know what, dude? The way I understand it, the T part is still very controversial within the LGBTQ movement. Yeah. There's pushback back well, and forth all the time. Yeah, I think it's because the the activist class has way, way overplayed its hand. And liberals have been reactionary in, in thinking that anything that comes out of the alphabet mafia needs to be acquiesced to, right? Needs to be obeyed. Yes. Because we don't want to be labeled as bigots, even though what right. a lot of these people are talking about is insane. Um, especially when you're talking about the kids. Um, and who's that lady that Tucker Carlson has on sometimes? It's gays against... Gays oh, against groomers. Yes, yeah. that's it. Yeah. But 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 even then, I mean, the, the trans activists take up so much oxygen and then have right. gone so far as to say there really is no such thing. In some cases, they've said, some of them, I mean, have said there is no such thing as a gay man or a gay woman. Is that really you're trans. Right. And you're denying your true identity right. by not transitioning. Yeah. Yes. Well, and there are several female athlete groups, too. Yep. That are like, hey, this is wrong. And some of those are lesbians. By the way, it's up to you guys. It's less than 60 seconds if you want to go down memory road. Yeah. When I saw the story on Charlemagne, I went back and listened to the conversation he had with Biden when Biden was on the campaign trail. <laughs> yeah. Sometimes a f- few years later, you listen to it in a different way. Do you want to you want to hear part? Oh, yeah, sure. Aged. Okay. This is when Biden's well, I'll just I'll just roll it out for you. Okay? Because this is one of those where Biden had to get off the phone. It was like the, it, all these people like, oh, you've, you've done your piece. Now get off the phone. It's time to go. All right. And he blamed his wife for that. Well, you know, Thank you so her. much. That's really our time. I apologize. You can't do that to black media. You <laughs> I can't do that to white media and black media because my wife has to go on at six o'clock. OK. Oh, oh, I'm in trouble. Listen, you got to come see us when you come to New York, VP Biden. Cause I a, will. It's a long way until November. We got more questions. You got more questions, but I tell you, if you have a problem figuring out whether you're for me or Trump and you ain't black. It don't have nothing to do with Trump. It has to do with the- Dude. Still, when you hear that, you're yeah. like, holy mackerel. I, 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 I forgot about the whole thing of, well, Jill's got to get on at six yes. or whatever. Like, what, do they have a dial-up connection or something? <laughs> only one way out of this house yeah. as far as online goes. Well, we I only go got my one mom computer. And, my mom needs the phone. Got to get off. <laughs> And then it went on. It don't have nothing to do with Trump. It has to do with the fact I want something for my community. I would love to see Take you. Take a look at my record, man. I extended the voting racks 25 years. I have a record that is second to none. The NAACP has endorsed me every time I've run. The war, I mean, come on. Take a look at the record. It's like lecturing him almost. A little bit. Yeah. There's a tone there. Yeah, remember who I was the VP for, for crying out loud? I mean, you got the first sort of mainstream African-American who is articulate and bright and, and, and clean and nice-looking guy. I mean, it's, that's a storybook, man. Extraordinary, this black man that was mm-hmm. clean, he bathed. Mm-hmm, yeah. 
You could understand what he's he was articulate. saying? Unbelievable. Yeah. Check my record, Jack. Okay. Uh, did see this out of the Wall Street Journal. Employers rethink need for college degrees in tight labor market. Good. Google, Delta Airlines, and IBM have reduced requirements for some positions. I'll just give you the synopsis. They're saying, you know, it comes down to can you do the job or not? Yeah. Do you really need a degree to start out in some of these jobs? And they're saying no. U.S. job postings requiring at least a bachelor's degree were 41% in November, down from 46% at the start of 2019. Wow. So it's dropped quite a bit since the pandemic. Demand for workers remains high and unemployment is low. Job postings far outpace the number of unemployed people looking for work. 10.7 million openings in September compared with 5.8 million unemployed, creating unusually stiff competition for workers. So, the persistently tight labor market has accelerated the trend that builds on a debate about the benefits and drawbacks of encouraging more people to attend four-year colleges. And we've seen the reports before, different companies saying, you know what, if they're coming out of Ivy League, don't want them here. Yeah. Those kids are a hassle. They're totally brainwashed, mm -hmm. and they don't make for good employees. Then they tell the story of this lady, Lucy Mathis, won a scholarship to attend a Women in Computer Science conference. She learned about an IT internship at Google, dropped out of her computer science undergraduate program to work at the company full-time. Said, I just found out I had a knack for it. I'm not good at academics. It's not for me. How many people have we known that were not great as far as academics, but in the working world, fantastic? Yeah, excelled mightily. Yes. Yeah, you know, and here's the thing. I mean, I, when, the, when the pandemic started, it's like, who are you to question a doctor of infectious diseases over Joe Rogan? You know, and again, who turned out to be right? Part of that was someone's being told what to say. Right. And somebody else is just trying to say, okay, what's really true here? Right, what's wrong here? Yes. But equating higher education yeah. with with the inability to disagree with yeah. someone based solely on that. Well, yes. Is 100% wrong. Yes, there's that. And then there's, well, in this piece, it talks about the majority of U.S. roles at IBM no longer require a four-year degree after they conducted a review of hiring practices. You think about it, David. I mean, graduated from school, had a lot of different jobs you could have done without any sort of degree. Oh. It wasn't things that you learned at school that made you ready for the job. Oh, no, it's actually doing the job. And I think in a lot of fields, I'm glad that they're doing that because it used to yes. mean something if you had this four-year degree. There was this thought that you could stick with something and earn something that you would just kind of have this ability to, mm -hmm. to really pick up and learn on the job. Well, that's really not the case anymore. And I don't know if it ever really was the case, but that perception is now going away. Yes. Every time I always think about what my dad used to talk about. He was a biochemist, and mm -hmm. he always marveled about how, how many times he'd walk into the bathroom and someone had peed on the seats. And he says, these are all PhDs and master's degree holders. <laughs> Don't ever let them tell you <laughs> right. that they're inherently better than anybody else. Oh, funny. Oh, man, there's a story from California. Guess who serves less than one year in California prison? You won't believe this. Straight ahead.
the Markley Van Camp and Robbins Show. Jamie Markley, David Van Camp, Scott Robbins. Saw this story at Daily Wire. Thousands of pedophiles serve less than one year in California prisons. What? what? Thousands of pedophiles serve less than one year in California prisons. Huh. Holy cow. I saw this story, and then I saw a guy, I think it was on Tucker's show last night, that was talking about this, and they made sure to point out, you're not talking about an 18-year-old and a 17-year-old at the prom. You're talking about a child under 14 years old. Okay? And they're serving a year. A lot of times less than a year. Yeah. Daily Mail analyzed the statewide database of sex offenders and showed more than 7,000 molesters were released within months after federal authorities sentenced them to prison. Uh, The sex crimes prosecutor in L.A. said the statistics shocked him, and it's frightening for society. Well, yes. And go on. He went on to say statistics clearly show that pedophiles don't get reformed. They're going to come out, and they're going to commit again. Letting these people out early, we're allowing for a lot more victimization, and that's terrifying. Yes, it is. And honestly, if we had a real news media, that would be one of the biggest stories Dude, in the country. But what they is the hide criteria it. for being let out? Uh, time served. Doing good. Well, the good news is that there actually is a very effective pill when it comes to curing pedophilia. You you can buy a box of 50 of them for under 20 bucks at any gun store in America. <laughs> I was like, I know this is going somewhere. <laughs> well, yes. Dude. I, I'm where are we? Oh. So often we'll just say, where the are we? This is the Markley Van Camp and Robin Show. Jamie Markley, David Van Camp, and Scott Robbins. We just become best friends, yep. Making sense of it all. Oh, I get it. And having some fun. Lighten up, Francis. This is the Markley, Van Camp, and Robbins Show. The Markley, Van Camp, and Robbins Show. Thank you so much for being here. Jamie Markley, David Van Camp, Scott Robbins. So there's a deal, David? Well, not, right? not a deal, no. Uh, the the pro-union Democrats have, in the House of Representatives have just passed a deal to, well, ignore the unions. Oh, uh, wow. Yeah, when it comes to this looming rail strike that was set to potentially begin on December 9th. Now, Congress actually has the power to stop any strike. Uh, and so they have voted to do that. It awaits a vote in the Senate. It will probably pass. And Joe Biden, you know, Amtrak Joe is, is getting ready and he's eager to sign it because, you know, he told Congress to pass this bill. Gosh, dang. To avoid it. So again, I know that there are member, there are rail workers union members who are just steamed about this because now the Democrats have stabbed them in the back. Well, sorry, that's on you. You gave up your leverage. Uh, to help out the Democrats in the midterm elections, uh, well, sorry, that's what I know happens. some of those guys, man. I know some of those guys ticked. Just you're following leadership, and you're like, okay, all right, absolutely. 
Oh, man. Their usefulness was over. Wow, dude. Well. And they're hoping within the next two years it'll all be forgotten by then. Well, it's and not like this wasn't. And locked up again in voting that way. It's not like this wasn't predicted. No. Like, I don't know, right here. Yeah. Didn't take a genius. No, we kind of talked about this. Last I checked, no geniuses yeah. on this show. No. It was pretty much common sense of what was going to happen. But, oh, he a big win for Joe back when he avoided well, it. Well, at 9 o'clock, he's on the phone bartering a deal. It's Union all over. president of all time. And we know he does like that nickname Amtrak Joe for his love of the trains. <laughs> he loves it. Man, oh, man. I don't know, since you have that update, David, where's Bernie Sanders on this? I'm just curious. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Suspiciously silent. Really something, isn't it? Um, well, thank you for the update. I saw this. It's not a big surprise. Elon Musk is saying Democrats have launched a coordinated attack on me. And the left really wants Twitter to go away now. Oh, yeah. That he's involved. It's interesting because it seems like maybe 10 days ago, there were a lot of conservatives that thought, man, we really had our hopes up that Elon Musk was going to come around and, and things were going to get better on Twitter. We haven't seen it yet. But that script has been flipped in the last week or so. And now you have people on the left freaking out. Well, as far as COVID information, what Twitter had in place before, that's gone now, mm -hmm. which is good. Because think about how much COVID information has been allowed to stay on Twitter that's been proven wrong for months. And people that told the truth had been banned. Mm -hmm. So... You know, that's turning around. And it's interesting, too, because you've heard people on the left talk about this is going to open the gates of hell. Mm -hmm. And there's so much more hate now. And you got all these celebrities quitting. It's just different now. There's so much hate. And I've seen this piece talking about all the hysterical people on the left ignoring death threats to certain conservatives that had been on Twitter or maybe kicked off Twitter. Libs of TikTok. How do you say her name, David? Chaya Rachik? Uh, I think that's right. Did you ever see, like, just a roundup of death threats that were openly out there on Twitter of people I, that never got banned? Yeah, I mean, I've seen them because I follow her on Twitter, and so I've seen the, the threats, and none of them really... It doesn't matter how many times you report the person. A lot of times, or most of the time, uh, they're allowed to stay up. Just to give you an example couple of them. Who is this guy saying fight fire with fire and gun down Chaya Rychik? What? Wow. And you stay up there? Yeah. Wishing her a very merry pipe bomb in her mailbox this Christmas. Yeah, they can stay up. And these are the same people eh, opening the gates of hell on Twitter. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my goodness, dude. I think her family should be killed, said somebody else. Wow. I guess we shouldn't be surprised. We've seen this play out over a number of years now. Um, but it's also been brought up, and you've said this and made this point several times, David. As far as most of the users on Twitter, there are a lot of people that may have an account. They may follow things, but they're not that active. Yeah. But the people that are very active are a part of the news media organization itself. Yeah, it, it is. I mean, the, the most active users make up about 
uh, somewhere between 5 and 10% of all Twitter users. Which is really something, you know, to watch all of it play out. Um, but they've had, you know, basically a monopoly on information over yeah. the past several years. Mm-hmm. And now that that seems like it's going to be over. And what is going to happen? Any predictions if Apple takes Twitter off of the App Store? Because the word is that they've threatened Elon Musk. He said that. Yeah, I, I don't think they will. I hope not. I was going to say the same thing. I, I, I agree with David. I don't think they will. I think there's a lot of saber-rattling going on right now. But they open themselves for all kinds of investigations and turning over rocks and everything else. Yeah, I mean, and you've been on Twitter. Uh, you know, you've been on Twitter for a long time, David. Mm-hmm. I'm on it not near as much as you. Have you seen anything change over the last, say, month? Not, not really. That's the most remarkable thing is that you hear all of these people saying, like Ben Collins, that weenie from NBC News, the chief inf- or disinformation reporter, mm-hmm. who like actually told people, "Don't get on Twitter. I have to be on it, and it's ugly." Acting like he's in a freaking war zone, but it, it's like I, dude, I have not really actually noticed much, if any, changes. Except for more people are complaining about Twitter. Right. Yeah, that's pretty much it. By the way, I mentioned it earlier. I'm thinking about Twitter and all these different stories where, you know, Twitter would just boot somebody off the platform and then they end up being right. And one of those was the New York Post and Miranda Devine on the Hunter Biden laptop story. And now the Rasmussen poll is most voting Americans want to see that investigation just to see how deep this goes with the Biden family and ties with other countries. Looking forward to seeing that. You have an update on the dude, the big fraudster, the crypto fraudster? Yeah, well, before we get to that, I just want to add something that we started off the segment with. With the rail strike, the House of Representatives has passed a bill that says that, uh, yeah, the the unions that are holding out are going to have to go to work. They can't strike. Uh, you, you mentioned Bernie Sanders. Bernie Sanders has threatened to, to try to block this bill. Okay. So he has been out there. I just wanted to clear that up before we get some angry Bernie bro with no life going, you didn't talk about my Gordon Savior accurately. Just want to let you know, yeah, he has he is trying going to try to stop the bill. I'm well, up for a good internal food fight there. Yeah. Well, if you're burning, yeah. you pretty much got to do that. You have to. I mean, well, the, yeah. yeah, labor unions are your bread and butter. Yep. So, yeah. Okay. Thank you for the update on yeah. that. Anyway, yeah, Sam Bankman-Fried, he's the guy who ran the FTX crypto scam where he lost like $8 billion. He was a darling of the left because he gave a ton of money to Democrats and was really into forcing companies to embrace woke ideology. So uh, a couple weeks ago, he did an interview where he admitted he screwed up and lost everyone's money because <laughs> he didn't know where he... Basically, what they did was they moved the actual money into a hedge fund that was failing and then they realized uh oh we don't have the money to back up what we what we put in there and then there was a run on ftx people taking their money out and then there was no more money to take out of ftx and now they're uh they filed for bankruptcy well he's done a new interview with a podcaster named uh tiffany fong and says i i told my lawyers to go pound sand okay because they don't know how the real world works (laughs) <laughs> Holy mackerel. All right, roll it. The first thing they said after that was, they said, Sam, we have only one thing to tell you. You have to promise that you never, ever, ever say you f up again. I told him to go f 
themselves. I don't think they know what they're talking. I mean, whatever. They they know what they're talking about in an extremely narrow domain of litigation. They don't understand the broader context of the world. Like, if you're a complete about everything, even if it narrowly avoids making moderately embarrassing statements, it's not helping anything. No. This is a guy who's used to just being window dressing. And this goes back to my initial thoughts on this entire saga. I don't think he's an evil mastermind. I don't think he was openly trying to steal people's money. I think he is actually just kind of an idiot who got used by very powerful people for multiple reasons. One being funneling a ton of money to the Democratic Party and to wealthy Democrat donors. Well, it's also a great story. It's the weirdo yeah. billionaire. And this guy really, really thinks that his lawyers telling him to not admit the crimes he committed <laughs> right. is them being naive about how the world works. Well, you got to be honest with people. Dude, they're trying to keep you out of prison. Wow, man. <laughs> well, but there's so much of this that doesn't play into certain stereotypes. I mean... There is the part where I think he started to buy into his own hype. Mm -hmm. You know, going down your theory, David, that, you know, he wasn't this mastermind. It was just people were using him, and he started thinking, I am that smart. I'm that yeah, guy. Exactly. But he didn't cash it in with hotties. <laughs> That's usually what the dorky people with money do. That one girl was his girlfriend, right? Yeah. Well, they, they had a pile going in the behind. Yeah, I was just going to say, yeah, there was, hmm. she was part of the jump off the top rope crew. I, yes, but any other photos I saw of anybody else involved in that, again, I don't want to be disrespectful, but let's just say not top shelf. Well, no, I, everybody I, everybody was getting paid in crypto. Listen, <laughs> that, listen, this I, sucks. I, I think the reality is, is that you can make fun of gold diggers all you want, but they can smell a rat. They know when a guy <laughs> is not real. And they know you when a guy so? is being played. Oh. Wow. And that's the thing is this guy got oh, played that's hilarious. by really powerful people. And everybody knows he really didn't have the juice that he claimed to have or that people said he had. He was a patsy and still is a patsy. And this idiot doesn't realize that's what he was. Wow. <laughs> okay. Uh, there's other stories we got to get to. Oh, real quick. Did you see where Volkswagen's being made fun of? They had one of the post-Thanksgiving memes on social media inspired by their Italian Instagram account. Um, it featured a former Italian soccer player. And so the account said Volkswagen Italia. But when you read it, you can see it different. And it's like Volkswagen. And then it's genitalia. It's <laughs> the way it spells out. <laughs> so people have a lot of fun with that. <laughs> They still haven't commented yet. Uh, <laughs> people are just saying, please never change your Instagram handle. It's no. the best ever. Okay. All right. More to get to. And we spend 34 hours of our lives untangling holiday lights. You believe that? All coming up right here. Markley, Van Camp, and Robbins show. Jamie Markley, David Van Camp, Scott Robbins. Got a news update there, David Van Camp. It is so sad, man. There is a new analysis out by uh, 
by JAMA, uh, and they're looking at gun fatalities in America. Mm-hmm. We hear that the homicide rate involving firearms has gone up across America. Uh, in nowhere, in no one demographic other than African Americans has it seen such a huge jump. Uh, the gun homicide rate for African American men, particularly African American men between the ages of 20 and 24, has doubled in the last two years, and it's back to where it was in the early 90s. And uh, you don't have to be a genius to know where this is happening. Of course. It's in progressive-run cities. Yep. That is so freaking sad because it was so avoidable. We don't want no more police. Is that clear? Okay, you got it. But uh-huh. these, these idiot liberals yep. decided because they got a case of the sads with the death of George Floyd and they wanted to be with the cool kids, they were going to put everybody's lives in danger. And so many young black men have died because criminals aren't being prosecuted. They should no. never be forgiven for this, ever. And I don't ever want to hear any of these dopes ever say that conservatives who wanted law and order were racist. Because these are the oh, biggest freaking racists out there. If the goal of white supremacy, and you've pointed this out, Jane, if the goal of white supremacy is to kill as many black men as possible, then all of these DAs, whether that's in Portland, whether that's in New yep. York City, whether that's in Los Angeles, Houston, Texas, I don't care. These DAs, these mayors, all of them are the are the most prolific white supremacists in recent history. Absolutely. Yeah, I know people get offended when you say that, but think about it. A true white supremacist wants black people to die. The extinction. Yeah. So yeah, when you got another liberal DA in a major city, it's a win for a white supremacist because that means more black deaths. Mm-hmm. And they love abortion because it's disproportionately black babies that get killed. That's a fact. So it is sad, and at the same time, it's so angering. Yeah. And, of course, you know who else gave a great assist to all of this is our lame freaking news media. Oh, yeah. That just flat out lies to people. No, legacy news outlets hate black people. Sure act like it. I mean, prove me wrong. I can't. No, they say all the right things, but all the policies they support hurt black people. It's a fact. It's terrible. I suppose I should lighten it up. Robin's got a case of the sads. I can see it in your eyes. Well, I mean, geez, all this talk about racism and guns. and Dude, and here's the thing, man. I agree. Every, by, by I can way, go off for a second, I'm, dude. I'm goofing here, okay? No, think about it. Someone like Larry Elder starts talking common sense. You can't even bring up Thomas Sowell, for crying out loud, a black conservative. Because what does the left say now? Well, they're really not black. Oh, my gosh. You people are nuts. No. I don't know what else to say. Again, the people that were yelling for defund the police are the people who actually were never going to be involved in or didn't live in the neighborhoods that needed police. That's not true either. That's not true either. There are plenty of people in those neighborhoods that were saying that. I didn't hear it. You didn't see the riots? Oh, I did, yeah. That was part of it. No more police. Well, this is what you get, man. Okay. 40% of people claim they've never worn the same underwear two days in a row. 
That's switching gears. <laughs> what if you showered at like 5 in the afternoon and then warm the next oh, day? Oh, it's fine. Mm. This is the Markley Van Camp and Robin Show. Biggest story of the day is what, David? Uh, biggest story of the day... Three days in a row for you once? Well, I mean, I'm on day five now. Okay. Yeah. I turned him inside out on day two and a half. Terrible. So. Yeah. You've never gone two days, guy? Nope. Never go without? Nope. For a while there in the 80s, that was a trend. Not for me, it wasn't. Going commando? Well, it was, I think it was a buddy that I went to college with. He was like, you know, the biggest pain in the butt for laundry is the amount of socks and underwear you got to do. I eliminated both. Boys. Just buy a sh- pair of shoes, they might get stinky. But you know what? It did save on the laundry. Boys got to have a house. That ended a long time ago, by the way. Mm-hmm. All right, we got to get into a news update, and then Scott Robbins' top three, the big trifecta coming up right here. Markley Van Camp and Robin Show. I'm Jamie Markley, Gen Xer, the Millennial, David Van Camp, and the Sexy Boomer, Scott Robbins. Okay, news update, David Van Camp. Yeah, I'm sorry, I'm still just kind of obsessed with uh, the stats that were published in the Wall Street Journal. I like how even the Wall Street Journal was like, well, we don't know why this has happened, but the gun homicide rate among African American males, particularly those between the ages of 20 24, has like doubled in the last two years. We don't. We know don't why. know why. We don't want no more police. Is that clear? Maybe have something to do with it. Not really sure. Well, you know, we did have the pandemic, and you know, people were on edge. You know, maybe that's it. Nope. So then, nope. why nope. Nope. was it more young blacks killed yeah. than? other races well yeah hispanics now again young hispanic males young white males there was a small uptick in the last couple of years but it tends mm-hmm. to be i mean it's overwhelming uh overwhelmingly concentrated a young among young black men particularly in uh in major cities where there was either talk about defund the police where you had mayors bending the knee to the communists mm-hmm. and Black Lives Matter, or they actually did defund the police. And I, I always like the leftist talking point right now where they say, well, actually, police funding on average went up. Yeah, after it went down, genius. You do realize right. that it's easier to... See, this is the mindset. This is what you get when you're dealing with a group of people who have never actually c- accomplished anything in their lives. They think, well, we put the money back. And then some, no, that's not how destroying something works. It, you can destroy something quickly. It's very easy to demolish a house. It's hard to build a house. And so just because you've restored some funding in different cities like Portland, etc., just because you've started to get that does not actually negate what you monsters did in the year 2020. You know how hard it is to have all of the leaders of a city come out and say, yeah, cops are racist and we're going to defund them or we're going to try to defund them. 
And then when a bunch of people either leave or get fired, you know how hard it is to turn around and say, hey, come work here. Mm -hmm. You know how difficult that is. (laughs) Who wants to go work there? Of course not. And then my mind goes in a different direction, thinking about deaths and young people. And then I think of teenage girls and suicide because of the lockdowns. Mm -hmm. And who is responsible for that? The freaking left. Destroys everything. Gosh, dang, man. I, you know, and you're talking about different activists. I think about that Thomas Sowell quote. And it's a brutal quote. But it is spot on. It, it really is. And it's the one, if you've heard it before, activism is a way for useless people to feel important. Yes. Even if the consequences of their activism are counterproductive for those they claim to be helping and damaging to the fabric of society as a whole. And we've got a bunch of them in this country. Mm -hmm. And he's right. Useless people is a way to feel important. Where's the Tylenol? I agree with that. You know, when you think about that summer, too, you go back to that summer of 2020, and then you remember CHOP. Oh, yeah. yeah. I mean, an entire city block was taken. They were running their own country inside there. That was in uh, in Seattle. Seattle. Seattle, yeah. It will always be the Chaz to me, just because the Chaz really does highlight the the douchery that was on display but the fact but it was that allowed that was, to go on and on and on and on the and fact on. that that was happening yeah. in a major american city yes. where law enforcement doesn't come in and say no right we're not doing this right how weird was all of that it's crazy it was, it was lord and, of the flies i mean it, it really was and well people got murdered in there yes sure and, and and the thing is i mean they set up this autonomous zone and whatever and Trump says, hey, we want to go and do something about it. And he was called a fascist for it. Oh, yeah. I mean, think yeah. about that. And then that weenie Ted Wheeler in Portland, they tried to, the, the, the anarchists tried to set up a, a Chaz. Remember yeah. this? This was yes, outside of his condo building. And oh boy, that got taken down quickly. I mean, they were trying to firebomb a federal courthouse for weeks. They yeah, but it came smashing. to his home, and then all of a sudden it was yeah. a different story. Then he's like, well, I don't want my neighbors to be upset. And in fact, I'm going to be leaving now because I... But first, cops take care of that. Right. Yeah. Useless people. That's that's a good way of putting it. And why is Thomas Sowell not a household name in this country? Why do you tell me that? I suppose that's a conversation for another time. Well, I think you know why. Yeah. <laughs> yes, because <laughs> he makes too much sense, probably. Right. Okay, are you ready for your big three? Mm-hmm. All right, this ought to be a dandy. Roll it out. Are you ready? One, One two, three. Look at you. It's the three most important news stories of the day. I hit the trifecta. Well, at least according to Scott Robbins. It's the trifecta on the Markley Van Camp and Robbins Show. Scott Robbins, top three stories of the day, every day at this time, always helped by his hero in life. I'm Casey Kasem. Hello, buddy. How are you? Good. Good. I'm ready. Okay. Three. Number three. So we got the news today that the House of Representatives has passed a bill that would avoid a strike uh, among the rail workers. Uh, And so, look, union labor unions got used. Oh, yeah. Ahead of the election. They did. And now uh, Democrats and Amtrak Joe Biden are turning on them because well, yeah. that, that's what Democrats do. They use people, and then they throw them away when their usefulness is over. That's absolutely uh, true. Now, there's a union rep, apparently, 
associated with these rail workers who says now some of his members are mad at him because he was knocking on doors for Joe Biden. Yeah, this is a legislative rep by the name of Gabe Christensen, longtime freight railroad conductor, working very hard. All his members on the weekends and during the week, knocking on doors, helping to elect Joe Biden president. He said, I was giving away shirts, campaigning, blue-collar Joe Biden shirts. We printed a bunch up, and we were giving them away, knocking on doors for weeks and weeks and weeks. And what happened? People are calling me up now. A lot of people who wanted to vote for Trump calling me and saying, hey, we voted for Joe Biden because you said he was on our side. He's not. Now, I would like to muster some sympathy here, but I can't. No. I can't. This is going to happen all over the place. This guy's saying, hey, hey, listen, I didn't know. Yeah. I'm beginning to realize it's time for a change. Yeah, a cool change. (laughs) Wow, Casey usually doesn't just have the random comments. But I'm I'm reading these comments today from these union leaders uh, in in the railroad industry and thinking to myself, hey, they used and abused you. You got owned by these knuckleheads. And you'll blindly support them again in two years. We're getting closer and closer to number one. Yeah. Scott Robbins, Yellfest. Trifecta, I mean. Sorry. Uh, up to number two. <laughs> uh, sad news to report. Jim Carrey is leaving Twitter. Yeah, oh, Jim no. Carrey made his announcement. He's leaving Twitter. He's got to get away from it now. And I don't understand. Is Are these celebrities like an airport where you have to announce your departure? I, I don't get it. This, every time they leave, they got to tell everybody they're leaving. Yes, that's part of it. Well, they tend to think that so many people care that, you know, I know you're going to wonder where I went. So just to let you know, this is what's happening. And for a lot of people, they were like, Jim Carrey was on Twitter. Hmm. Who knew? Did he say why? Yeah, well, well, you know why? Because it's hateful now. It's full of hate. Well, that's what I assume. There's no one one countering the hatred anymore. It's just being allowed to percolate and perpetrate on, on that. And he doesn't want to be a part of it anymore. Hmm. Gotcha. Remember like 20 years ago when that guy was funny? Yes. That's why it's disappointing. It really like is. Like these movies, classic movies. That's that enough. Still, I mean, I can, if Dumb and Dumber comes on, I can still watch it. Oh, right. yeah. It's not completely wrecked. Liar, yet, liar, I watched the other night. I still laugh at it. Yes. Because <laughs> it's funny. Yes. But there does become a point in time where you can see somebody and it's so just over the top, you can't enjoy it anymore. Right. But there's no room in He's the progressive not there yet, world but it's close. for humor. True. Now, on with the countdown. So dark and gloomy. The sure. Scott Robbins trifecta, yep. top three of the day, up to number one. Uh, Joe Biden says he could have been an All-American football player. I think he, yeah. he played football like one game one, in one his game. freshman year. <laughs> yeah, in college. Yeah. In college. What? Another little tidbit from Joe's speech yesterday. He seems to be a little obsessed with the All-American title, by the way. Okay. Um, while campaigning for Fetterman, you remember in October, he told the crowd that his grandpa was an All-American, of course, which wasn't true, but he mm. said it anyway. Okay. And he spotted some big guy in the crowd on Tuesday, yesterday, and decided to make this comment. As I told you, if I had you running in front of me when I was... Can't hear it. Can't hear it? No. Yep, I don't know what happened there. Could have been big. Can't hear it. Okay. Well, we'll, we'll skip that then. He said if that guy was running... <laughs> I, I can't do anything about it. I mean, obviously, this machine is screwed up I have over here. Uh, but he, he said... What? He, he said that... What he said was... Hey. Let me try it again. Can I try it one more time? 
I don't know, man. Just don't turn my stuff as, off. As I told you, if I had you running in front of me when I was playing flanker back, I could have been an All-American, man. I could have been big. It could have been big. Okay. Okay. So there you go. Uh, he was a flanker back. Mm-hmm. Now, I was wondering what a flanker back was because I'd never quite heard the term before. I've heard flanker. Yes. We're still using that term when we were kids, Scott. And back. A running back. Yeah. Yeah. But flanker back? Do they go together? I hadn't heard flanker back Apparently, before. Apparently, uh, once Joe got done playing flanker back, he folded his helmet and put it in his back pocket and went home. <laughs> ah, so it's a setup. It was just another one. Yeah. <laughs> there you go. Okay. okay. Ah, got it. All right. All right. You've turned me down now. What are you doing? You, you just went monkey buttons. This is why we can't have nice things. I know. What happened to Casey? Did you shut him down, too? I didn't do anything with him. (laughs) Golly. And there you have it. By the way. (laughs) What happened? Is this a good time to bust out the the blooper roll? No. Do you have it, David? Dude, With Omaha Steaks? Uh, Can we do it in a minute or two? Is it? uh, Did you edit it? I think I edited it. Okay, we work with Omaha Steaks. Yeah, and they've got their sale it. for Christmas. Well, if he doesn't know if he edited this or not. By the not. way, use, it, use the code MVCR. Yeah, I, I have I have edited it, I believe. Okay. I don't like the I believe part. Not good the we, dumb we were doing here. some stuff with them, and David recorded everything, and there were some bloopers mm-hmm. involving Scott. Yes, if you want to hear with, it. Our friends with Omaha Steaks. Yes. Did, should we do that in a minute? Are you, oh, Omaha you got it right now? Yeah, I do. Are you sure it doesn't have any swearing? I'm pretty sure. Okay, roll it. The steak experts at Omaha Steaks have put together specially cured all... Hey, oh, i got to set the backstory. That's right. Here's the backstory. Sorry, this is all on the fly. For years, being friends with Scott Robbins, because we've known each other for 30 years, if you don't know. And so at different points in time... If someone was on the air somewhere, and this is back in rock radio, top 40, and then we did talk radio before. If somebody screwed something up, Robbins, being a lover of baseball, would call balls and strikes. And so as soon as someone would screw up a word, he'd be like, that would be strike one. And then they would screw something up again, and then you just go, and if it ever happened, all within like one segment, somebody screwed up a third time, he would ring them up, and it usually sounded like, hur, hur. So I think what I was doing was doing the Robin's Balls and Strikes on him. Yes. Like turning it around during yeah. the script. Yeah. Okay. Go ahead. Okay. The steak experts at Omaha Steaks have put together specially cured all... Hey. The state... <clears throat> state. Two... God dang it. This is the United States of America. America. I just did it. I just did a Biden. (laughs) For God's sakes. Okay. The steak experts at Omaha Steaks have put together a curated gift package to take... I can't. All right. Let me... This God dang thing. All right. SR1. (laughs) Are you having fun right now, Scott? Back to regular program. Is that funny to hear for you? Hilarious. No? (laughs) No, it's fine. It's fine. Go ahead. Is there any more, David? Oh, yeah. Of course there is. The steak experts at Omaha Steaks have put together special curated gift packages to help take the guesswork out of gifting and make your holiday... He? Help take the guesswork out of gifting and make you a holiday hero. 
You started laughing. I know. That's two. I know. You don't have to say heroic. I, shut up. Order with complete confidence today, knowing you're ordering the best. Very best. Hey. Order. <laughs> <laughs> okay, you get the idea. See, this is how much fun we have all the time. This is why Scott looks forward to coming to work each and every day. Yeah. Okay. All right, we got to get to Nimrod's at the news. And we have a news update. And you never know, maybe more bloopers. You said you wanted us to air the bloopers. Yeah. That's what you said. Come on, it's all in good fun. Coming up straight ahead. David Van Camp, Scott Robbins. You know, a lot of school boards were flipped Republican in the midterms. And you need discipline in school. Oh, yeah. I just saw a video. David, you saw it. Yeah. This school in Lawrenceville, Georgia. Yeah. A teacher beaten by a student a day after discussing the student's poor performance with the parents. Yeah, there was a parent-teacher conference, and and the student just wails on him. I mean, and... They haven't talked about any criminal charges, but I mean, I think to me, the common sense would be one, anyone involved in that is never allowed back in that school district, not just the school building. You're out. You're done. You have lost your right to a free education. Agree 100 percent. That's crazy. We'll see, we'll see if Legacy Media covers that story. Yeah. All right, we got to get to Nimrods. I think we already started. When the going gets tough. Damn it, this is too hard. The dumb get dumber. All right, Dan. It's Nimrods in the News on the Martley, Van Camp, and Robbins Show. I love the poorly educated. All right. Nimrods in the News. Well, if you're around San Antonio, you might already know this story. 23-year-old named... Zaneda Soto FaceTimed her boyfriend the other day and was shocked when another woman picked up. Mm. Turned out to be one of his relatives. But she didn't know that, so she went to his house while no one was home and set it on fire. Well. Who's that other woman? Mm. I'll burn the house down. Holy smokes. Um, There's the shot of uh, the dude's couch on fire. She told him, quote, I hope your house is okay. Called the fire department too late. The whole house went up. Wow. Yeah. There's been a GoFundMe. They're going to raise a whole lot of money. But, yeah, she's going to be in jail, and that's Nimrod's <laughs> in the news.